Welcome to the Dynamic Leaders Podcast, a product of Talent 409. We are helping people discover their talent altitude. Each episode will bring you a conversation with people that display the seven pillars of dynamic leadership. Someone who possesses those seven pillars has courage, drive and accountability, integrity, grit, great communication skills, a high level of emotional intelligence, and they can motivate others. Have questions for me or a guest? Email me at colin at talent409.com and let's chat. That's colin, C-O-L-I-N, at talent, T-A-L-E-N-T, 409.com. This podcast is available on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Radio.com, iTunes, and Apple Podcasts. If you like the show and want to help us grow, please take a minute and on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and review. This week on the podcast, I'm joined by my guest, Morgan Rio. Morgan is a junior catcher for the Campbell University softball team, Campbell University located down here in the North Carolina area. She is a driven individual with a love for her sport, but also has the willingness to want to learn how to be a better leader. And we're going to talk a lot about that throughout the course of our conversation. This was another really fun conversation with me talking again with a current NCAA player, Here is my conversation with Morgan Rios. to the Dynamic Leaders Podcast. Today, my guest on the line is Morgan Reed. Morgan, thank you so much for joining the show. Uh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Appreciate you coming on, and I'm excited to hear about your story and talk to you a little bit more about sports, athletics, and leadership, all that entails. But before we get too far ahead in the conversation, first, I do want to give you an opportunity to tell the listening audience, who are you? Um, I'm currently a like rising junior at Campbell University. Um, I'm on the softball team there, and I'm a catcher. I've basically been playing softball since I was four, and I've found quite some success from it. I actually haven't been at Campbell all my college career. I actually transferred after my freshman year from University of Louisiana Monroe. It wasn't the best experience for me, but I've kind of used it as like a learning tool because I have this ability to compare the different experiences from different types of leadership and um, just being in an overall environment that can really help me grow as a person and like what good leadership does for a player. So yeah. Very cool. And I definitely want to spend some time on your transfer and dig a little bit deeper into what you meant by some of the differences you've seen probably in terms of leadership, but also just your overall experience. But First, I want to start really simply, just talk a little bit more about your athletic background. I mean, obviously, playing softball now in college, that's awesome, really cool. But tell us a little bit more about growing up, what athletics was like, and how you got involved in sports in the first place. So I kind of like experimented with different kinds of sports, but 
softball was kind of always my true love because my dad got me into it. It was more of like a family bonding thing. And I think through that, it kind of just sparked that love for the game because it felt like home. I mean, I tried basketball. I picked up volleyball for a little bit. But it was like around when I was in middle school where I really had to make a decision on which sport was best for me, where I saw myself going for in the future and like what I wanted to put my time into. And it was always football, I guess. So you mentioned how your dad in particular was influential in getting you involved in the sport. Would you say that family's been one of those big fundamental pillars as far as athletics maybe brings you together as a family, that type of thing? Yeah, I would say family like is one of my biggest foundations. I think you have to have some sort of support system to be able to have that environment where you're like accepted or you don't feel judged. And uh, my dad was never a tough critic because sometimes people have that relationship where you always get constant pressure from your parents and my family was never like that. They always left the door open. They didn't want to feel like I had to pursue this just because they wanted me to. They wanted to make sure that I truly loved what I was doing. And I think that's something that's important for a you know good family dynamic, just a good dynamic in general, is just to feel open and to truly believe in what you're doing. Yeah, I love that. Obviously, softball is the sport that you love. When did you come to the realization in high school? I'm assuming it was some at some point in high school, but when did you come to the realization that you could take this to the next level and continue to play at a really high level as well? Well, I'd have to say the softball world is a tad bit different than all the other like sports world for that next level, that next step. Recently, they just kind of changed the recruiting rules on that. But, you know, when I was playing the game, you had to decide at a very young age if you were going to pursue that level. Like maybe 14 years old, 13, 14 is when you would start actually getting college looks and getting contacted. I always happen to be genetically blessed, I guess. I mean, I'm taller. I just have more of like, you know, that athletic ability. And I've always had people tell me like, you know, like she's a ball player, like she's got it, she can do it. And just hearing like those outside voices kind of like makes you believe in it as well. And I think anyone can do whatever they want at the next level as long as they believe in it and they take the time to kind of like pursue their craft. Because you can be born with all the athletic ability in the world, but like it's up to you to choose what you want to do with it and if you want to like take that next step. And I think I took that next step like when I was 14, 15, because that's when I started at like sacrifice certain things of like my social life or like fun activities. Like I didn't really go to homecoming that much and I'm from Texas and homecoming is kind of like, you know, the big football game, the big deal. And I went to bigger tournaments just so I can get looked at by coaches. And I think that's just one aspect that you have to have that ability to sacrifice. Awesome. Obviously you started at Louisiana Monroe, and you got there, 
you know, I, I don't know exactly what happened. I'm sure you can talk to us a little bit more about that. But prior to right. deciding that you wanted to start there, was there a lot of other schools that you had interest in? I mean, I know you said the recruiting landscape has changed even a, a little bit since you've gone through it. But what was it about that school ultimately that said, hey, this is where I want to be, even Looking back now and knowing that you're not there, but at the time, what was it about Louisiana Monroe? And was there any other schools that really stood out to you throughout that process? Right. I had a couple other schools interested in me, but I only actually took a like on-campus visit with Louisiana Monroe when I was going through that first recruiting process. And like now that I look back on it, I wish I kind of went through that process a little differently. Um, I feel like I kind of rushed it a bit, and again, I felt late in a sense because I didn't go on that visit until, like, my sophomore year of high school, which is kind of funny to say, like, I felt like I was late <laughs> when I was only, like, 16, but I had, um, they sat me down, they told me, like, their values and their culture and what they expected and they, what they saw in me and what they saw me doing, which was all great, but it was more of, like, a car salesman kind of pitch, you know, but what really drew me to the school at first was the sense of, like, familiarity and, like, comfort, because there was a player on the team that I had played high school ball with, she was older than me, and this what kind of got my connection to that school, so I kind of came in with personal relationships already set, and I just felt comfortable there, and I was like, okay, like, I wasn't too far away from home, but I was far enough, because I didn't want to be a homebody. The coaching staff said things about me that I liked to hear. They wanted me as a power hitter. They thought I was a good catcher. And they said that I would, like, you know, have the opportunity to, you know, like, just really shine my craft. And that's what made me fall in love with the place. But, you know, as the year kind of went out, and it just sometimes it just isn't the right fit. The environment wasn't for me. Just the team dynamic in general I took the risk of transferring because I didn't really have that much, like, statistics to help me get to, like, another school. So, like, I was gambling of, ooh, do I even want to stay Division One? Do I even, like, still want to play softball? Luckily, Campbell had just hired a new coach, and my catching coach knew her, so I had that, like, connection. And I was a lot slower in my next recruiting process, and I made sure it wasn't just because I felt comfortable it was more of something that was right for me and it was the right environment, whether it was like something I knew or somebody I knew, because I came into Campbell not knowing anybody and it was just off of a blind trust in my coach, basically. And I think that's what, you know, really sets the difference is because I respected her more of a leader, whereas the other one, it was more of just comfort for me. Sure. So you were doing quite a bit of, betting on yourself, if you will, by making that move. I'm curious. I know I keep taking you back and we'll move forward eventually in this conversation, but being a 16-year-old, like you mentioned, and trying to make these decisions as they relate to not only your softball future, but just your overall collegiate experience and maybe what's going to come of that experience, how did you deal with the pressures of having to make that decision at such an early age when you probably weren't a hundred percent sure, even though it did feel good and it did feel right. There was probably 
you know, somewhere in the back of your head that said, eh, I'm not too sure about this. Right. That's a, bringing back up the family aspect is kind of like what helps me make decisions like that. Because when I feel super pressured, I tend to overthink things and I just constantly, you know, think about this, this, and this, because, you know, you got to look out the bigger picture other than just softball. Like academically, what am I going to do outside of softball? Because there really isn't that many opportunities outside of softball. And so I kind of just bounce off my mom a bit. We go over like the pros and the cons and of something like, what is this going to do for me as a person? Like we thought that ULM would be a good fit just because, you know, I had, some personal connections there and we trusted what reviews we heard from other people from other people like alumni that went there but I don't think we looked at it as in a critical eye as we should have so after experiencing that I feel we've developed more of a critical eye and looking at things because after I transferred that new pressure of trying to find another school I actually had more was looking at me when I decided to transfer than I did coming into my first year of college, which was kind of weird for me because I went on a couple more visits than I than I did coming into it. And this time it was more of, am I going to be happy? You know, it was a different perspective of looking at it, of what place is going to make me happy. So I would just really have to thank them all for that one. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And obviously happiness huge part of just being successful. Like when you talk about successful people, most of the time, those are happy people. And so it's obviously very important that you were looking for that. And I'm curious as to how you define the word environment, because you've talked about that a couple of times. You talked about how the environment at Louisiana Monroe was one way and now at Campbell University, it's another way. But when you talk about that word environment, what specifically are you talking about? The environment would be like my teammates, so like the team dynamic that's going on, the coaching staff, the school in general and itself, and like the resources that we have for people to reach out to. It's basically the biggest factor into my idea of an environment. And what about the familiarity aspect of it? Because you talked about coming out of high school, when you were going to Louisiana Monroe, you had some connections, you knew a few people, and then going to Campbell, you didn't really know anybody. Is that play into the decision at all about what you're talking about when it's environment? Like, how do you, how do you know what the environment's really like if you don't know anybody that you can say, hey, is this right. what they really talk it up to be? You know, something along those lines. Well, when I came off a visit, at Campbell. The campus itself was, I guess in a sense, still familiar to me because it was around the same size as the one at Louisiana Monroe, so I felt comfortable here in that sense, in like a geographical setting. But really, the familiarity thing, because I went from being four hours away from home to 17 and a half, like I'm across the country basically now, and it was really just developing that relationship with my coach, with Coach Show, Because you don't, when you commit to a place, you're not just like, you know, committing to the place, you're committing to the coach and you're committing to the team. I took that risk 
of not knowing any of the teammates because I felt comfortable with my head coach and I had trusted what she was telling me and what she was looking forward to in the future. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to work for it. I'm going to work for her. I trust her. Yeah. And I totally subscribe to that. I think in the corporate world, you read about it a lot or you hear a lot about how people don't leave companies, they leave their bosses. So if they're not in line with whoever their manager, their supervisor, if they're not in line with them, they're usually going to end up leaving. And it seems like for you, obviously, that might have happened in some senses at Louisiana Monroe. And now you're better in line, obviously, in your situation now. I'd love to know, though, if you could tell us in a little bit more detail about what some of those things were when you were having that initial conversation or when you went for that visit where coach said something to you and that really made an impact. Like, can you tell us a little bit about some of those details? Yeah. So basically she was a really good communicator. She was very honest with me and she was very open. So when I came on my visit, we sat down and we had um, lunch at this place and she told me, cause we were both in the same boat basically, you know, she'd never had a head coaching position before, like having it, all to herself. This was going to be a new environment for her. So she straight up told me, I'm not exactly sure what you're going to get into. Like, I've heard things about the team dynamics, but I'm not exactly sure. All I can tell you is how I want it to be. And then she, like, laid down how she wants not only us to be, like, great athletes, but she wants us to be great people outside of the field. And I think that's really what I was looking for because – I wasn't happy at ULM, and I was looking for something that was going to make me happy. And when I made that transition to Campbell, I kind of found, I fell into that leadership role more, and I think that's really what made me so happy, because she told me, I want to work, and I want to win. That's basically what, like, I want to do. That's what she told me. She's like, if you're going to put in the work, we're going to get the success. You don't have to worry about that, but like, you know, let's look at the bigger picture and let's look at just being great people. And I think that's really what connected with me and that made me respect her even more in a sense. And it just made me trust her. Yeah, I love that. Especially that phrase, being a great person off the softball field. And a lot of the work that I do surrounding student athletes is really focused on that aspect where we're talking about life after sports and preparing you to be a contributing member to society. So it's always something to me, it stands out to me, I guess, when a coach or when an athlete like yourself, a student athlete really understands that concept and not only understands the concept, but wants to take it and run with it and make it as good as it can be. I'd love to know a little bit more about that. Like, what are some of the things that coach does for you and for the team to help prepare you to be a great person off the field? And are there any things that you're doing as an individual that you've picked up on maybe from other people or in your own research that you do to try to prepare yourself as well? Right. Yeah. Okay. I kind of did this um, where she called it like, you know, preparing us for the real world, like real world Wednesdays. I can't think of but basically on like Wednesdays we would have something that would prepare us for the future like how to fix the 
a flat tire or like how do your taxes or something that you're going to use outside of the softball world that don't usually know. But our university actually has these uh, programs like specifically for our student athletes to kind of help us. And I think that's really why I'm so happy here as well because I'm in two programs as of right now. We have a program called Campbell Made, which is like just is new. Like they just came up with it. Um, and it's specifically targeting student athletes and transitioning from playing college ball and going into the business world. And like I just had a two day workshop uh, like last week, last, last weekend. And what you do is like we talk about going through like that identity crisis of not playing your sport anymore and like who are you and like what do you want to do with the world and like ways to overcome that and like things that you can do to help play the job and like all the skills that you have that people are looking for. And then I'm also in another program called Campbell Lead, which is coach nominated players. And what we do is we come together once a month and we work on leadership skills. We talk about things like communication, handling personalities, like time management, stuff like that. So overall, I think the resources here have really helped me grow like personally like I've developed so many skills because we, we talk about it and we get together and I think Coach Show has some ideas for this upcoming season um, we kind of talked about it and she hasn't said anything yet but I'm excited to hear what she has yeah I'm excited to hear about it too I hope you tell me once you find out but conceptually, when we talk about these things, if it's someone like you, if it's someone like me, we obviously really buy into this whole concept of culture and preparing ourselves for something that's bigger than the sport that we're playing. For me, it was baseball. For you, it's softball. What I'm curious about, though, is how do you get buy-in from the players and from your teammates that maybe aren't as jazzed about learning about how to do your taxes or how to fix a tire or anything that can relate to preparing them for life after softball. Like there's just some people that for whatever reason, and it's not right or wrong, but they just want to come in. They just want to play softball. Like it's, it's their opportunity to get away from all that real life stuff. Right. So how do you get that buy-in for the teammates that maybe aren't so sold on it from the beginning? Well, I would say because I had that, perspective too you know I just at first I wanted to come into Campbell and I was I want to put my head down I want to play softball like what I'm here for I came here for softball but I think for softball players our opportunities outside of college are very slim Um, we don't have like basketball, football, baseball. We don't have that thing to coast on and be like, well, I can just grind out my sport. I'll be fine. Some girls have that mentality, but most of us actually don't because we already know that like our time is short and this isn't going to be here for us forever. I think the main problem that girls have as athletes is like to buy in more for the team perspective. Like when we look at like the overall picture of bettering the team rather than bettering yourself, I think that's an issue that we had on our team is people not being able to cast aside a bit of their ego, 
you know, to really better yourself. And I think girls have a tendency to just want to focus on themselves. And it's a thing that you can't force on anybody, but you can put them in that opportunity to make it click. I can't remember, I read this book once, and it was talking about, like, being a sensei, basically, like, being the best version of you you can be. Through a couple of the workshops that I went to, there was one line that, like, really stood out, and it was like, you know, hey, like, professionals don't wing it, and I think when you just focus on your, on your sport, you don't have a plan. Like, you don't have a concrete plan. I think if you were to sit down and map out what you're doing, maybe it's a little different. Like, let's say you want to go outside of softball, you write that plan down. And then the girls that want to pursue it at a higher level, if they have a written plan, I mean, it's all good for them. Like, go for it. And that's my perspective. I think if you know what you're doing, but you're still open to other personalities, I think that's what's going to help you personally. 30-second break to talk about my sponsor, Sweat with Scott. What a great sponsor she is. She's been with Pod since day one, and we love having her support. Sweat with Stods offers a number of different options to get you on a path to improve your fitness future. Everything from fitness, nutrition, and simple healthy habits. So what are you waiting for? Head over to sweatwithstods.com right now, and when you buy a program, enter the code DYNAMIC at checkout to receive a discount for being a loyal podcast listener. Now back to the show. Talk to me about the classes that you take, and specifically on leadership. You mentioned how you're learning whole lot of different things what are some of the highlights like maybe some of the biggest things that you've learned through taking those classes that you're now able to take with you both in your personal life and hopefully you know now on the softball field as well I would say one of the ones that stood out to me there was one thing that we kind of talked about handling personalities or whatever and I'm a psychology major so that's kind of like my bread and butter is just trying to psychoanalyze people because we were talking, because I take that class and I try to incorporate that into softball because I am a catcher. So I need to know how people work, especially pitchers. Like I need to know how I can approach them, um, especially when they're struggling, what I need to say to them when they're in the circle. I think that when you're off the field as well, you need to know how, how people act and how people react. That way you have the ability to not only help yourself, but to like help them, I guess, in a sense. And then there's another activity we did in a workshop where it was, we had a question and we wrote it. It was anonymous and you would write it on a letter. And then we took the time and everyone went around and answered everybody's question about like what they had specifically. And there was all kinds of different questions about I'm having an issue with so-and-so on my team. What ways can I get to them? Or I don't know what to do with my major outside of this. It's too late for me to push my major. What are your suggestions? And I had a question about, you know, the identity crisis because I know in the future missing softball is going to hurt me. Then I came back and I you open this envelope and I have nine to ten little mini letters from the people that are in the workshop giving me advice 
and it's just it was really encouraging and I that's something that stuck with me that I think people often forget is that to ask for advice and I think I want to try to incorporate that somewhat into the team you know make it anonymous to a sense but you know if someone's struggling you're like hey like I'm struggling on this this and this like what do you suggest I do there's something like that is really stuck with me Sure. And that's really cool. And I'd love to dive in a little bit deeper for people that aren't familiar with the role of a catcher. So we don't even need to talk specifically just in terms of leadership qualities, the quarterback of the defense, if you will, if you're comparing it to another sport. But can you talk to us? Let's start really simple. Just talk to us about what some of your main responsibilities are as the catcher of a team. Well, I would say my main priority for the style of game that I like to play is make the pitcher look good, make the pitcher feel good, and then everybody else is happy. (laughs) My goal is to make sure everyone on the field is calm and to know ahead of time what we're doing. The softball game is very, very talkative. It's very loud. If you were to sit down and turn on the TV, and watch a game, you're going to be hearing girls cheering in the dugout, and you have to have the ability to communicate with your team, like what plays we're running over that cheering. So as a catcher, I have to be a strong communicator or else we're just lost. I have to be able to direct plays. I have to be able to have the ability to approach my coach and be, hey, this pitcher is doing this, this, this right now. Maybe we should try this, this, and this, or, hey, maybe we should start warming up so, so, and so. And, yeah, I would say those are the most important roles that I find. Okay, a couple things off of that then. So when you talk about communicating with your team, if it's loud, there's a lot of chatter from the opposing team, maybe from the crowd that's in attendance as well. Is that communication coming verbally? Like, are you trying to yell louder than all the other girls out there? Are you throwing in signs and signals? Is it a mixture of the two? How do you actually communicate what you're trying to do? Right. Um, it's, it's a mixture. I have a very good uh, projecting voice. I <laughs> am able to be loud and people to understand me, thankfully. But... It comes to the point where when you get up to that level and then you play a bigger game with bigger stands and more fans, you got to incorporate hand signals because let's say you have a runner on second and then the girl up to bat hits a double in the gap. you got to be able to relay the play all the way from home plate to the outfield. So it's more of a chain reaction and you got to trust that your team is going to relay your message. So like a thing for... Our team that we kind of started doing was we would do we would do hands and we would just do numbers like what plate we're going to do. So I would hold up four on my hand as I'm screaming four, and then usually my scream will at least get to first base. And if it doesn't, they take a peek and they look and see my hand, which then they relay to the cut, and then the cut relays to the outfield. So it's more of just a mixture. And everybody having to pay attention. And then how about the piece where you talked about 
pretty much trying to have the pulse, not only of the pitcher that you're working directly in correlation with, but the rest of your team too, trying to read their body language, see what's going on. You're the only one that can see the whole field in the way that you do. How do you go about limiting the noise so that you can focus and give your best perspective? If a coach comes up to you and says, hey, I need to know the pulse on XYZ, and you have to come up with an answer right away, how do you stay focused enough to be able to determine what things are looking like, not only for your pitcher, but for the rest of your team as well? Right. You know, we had a couple issues with people with body language as well. And I think it kind of comes into the role of having that emotional intelligence of knowing when a person is, we call it the red zone. And that means they're just, they're dialed in and like tunnel vision and they can't get out of the vision. They can't hear anybody else outside of them except their own self. And they're just kind of like stuck in the mud. I try to be as blunt as possible. Like I just try to be honest, but not pushing them too hard because some people can't be pushed too hard or else they'll shut down even more. It's just really knowing on how to juggle it. Because when a coach will come up to you and be like, hey, because I haven't really ever had someone say, not ask necessarily about the pitchers, but when I know that a player is out of their head, I might not necessarily run a first play. Like, I think it's all about trusting because I am a very aggressive catcher. I like to throw the ball and I like to run pickoffs. And then if I know so-and-so is not in their head, that's when you call time and you come up and you get the field, get everybody on the field together and you lay down the wall. Like, you need to get out of your head. We need to get this, this, and this done. It's just really being honest but another thing that I try to take away is I'm like a different person on and off the field like night and day. I'm very um, comical, I guess. I try to incorporate that a little bit too on the field. But when tensions run high, I tend to get a little serious. But I try to use the, um, the lax. I try to make jokes just to calm everybody down. It's just really depending on how the situation is reading. This is all a fluid situation, right? Like each player is going to react in a totally different way than the other person is. Even if in a collective team, it may seem pretty similar. Like maybe you look out and they all are giving off similar type of body language or whatever it is, but each person reacts differently to how you would individually interact with them. Being somebody that wants to take on these leadership responsibilities and understands the, I don't want to say it's a burden, but does understand what it takes to be an effective leader. Sometimes it makes having difficult conversations. Sometimes it takes having to dig a little bit deeper into somebody's background and understanding them a little bit more. So like you said earlier, with that emotional intelligence piece, you can connect with them and understand them and have empathy with them as another human being. How do you go individually with each of these teammates and start to develop a relationship? Do you have a process for building that relationship or does it happen a little bit more organically? Well, this 
situation here was a little different than all the other teams that I've ever played on. So this team was a little different because there was past history and it was coming into um, different relationships that were already formed. So what we did was we all took a personality test. Everyone went around and said what their personalities were. And then we had the coaches reveal their personalities. And what we did with this was that we knew how to approach certain people. Because you had, we had the test where it was like four basic personalities. You had the outgoing but highly ambitious leaders. And then you had like just the outgoing kind of fun free people. Then you had the quiet people that just tend to um, go into their shell, in a sense, when they get yelled at. And then you have the people that are very thoughtful and they overanalyze themselves and they just constantly think about certain things. And then once we kind of, like, revealed who everyone was, what we did was we split up into our four personality things and then we worked with the people that were the same personality as you. And what we did was we went in the weight room at a 6 a.m. list, and I was in the the leaders group, per se, the outgoing loud group. That's usually when you're put in a group with people that have the same personalities, you don't really mix well. And we had to be able to get over that and find a way to like compromise and get certain tasks done in the weight room while we're all like dying and suffering and trying to breathe and just get the overall job done. And I think that really helped us as a team. And I know it helped me because my tendency is when there's other people with the same personality as me, I don't necessarily stay up to what I need to be. I'll kind of fall back maybe a little bit, just depending on what the team needs. But as like time went on, it helped for game situations because when a pitcher I know fell into the thinking category, I come up there and you quit thinking. You tell them, hey, like, it's just a game. You know, dumb it down a little bit. You don't have to worry. You don't have to be so critical. And then the people that are super, the super loud ones, they feel the pressure of the game. That's when you need to take their stress levels down. And that's kind of what we did. But usually it happens organically. I just, I have the ability to make that relationship with pitchers and I get a good feel of it right off the bat. But in this new team, the test really did help. What's got you excited about this upcoming year of both college and your upcoming softball season? Yeah, I'm super excited because I now have my foot more in the water now. It's not more of like dipping my toes, trying to figure out, you know, what's my place, what's my role. I've figured out my role. And I'm excited to take on that role because I know what the team can be capable of. Um, we're still quite new. Our coaching, it's only like our second year with this coaching staff. It's their second year, and we have a lot of incoming freshmen. So I'm excited because it gives the opportunity to start fresh and to be able to you know, truly establish the culture that you're trying to establish. And then, like, for class-wise, I'm getting more and more specific and, like, 
classes that I want to take. I'm kind of out of the general studies area now, and it makes me excited because it's going to pique my interest, <laughs> one way to put it. <laughs> Very cool. You mentioned that buzzword culture, and I would love to hear when you think about the word culture and you think about your softball team, say I was a prospective student athlete. I'm thinking about coming to play for Campbell University. How are you going to sell me on the culture? What would you tell me about it? Hmm. Okay, so our culture, I love our culture. Necessarily because our mascot is a camel. And like, it's kind of an odd one, I guess, if you think of it. Because <laughs> nobody else is a camel, but I think that's what we like to use is that, you know, hey, nobody else is a camel except us. Like, we are the only camels, and we kind of use that to push being, like, the best version of ourselves. Because I would say our culture is very family-oriented, but it's also the bigger picture. Like, we like to look outside of softball. We like to make sure that we're good human beings. Campbell is um, like a private university and we're, uh, have that religious influence on us. And I kind of like that aspect because it gives us that unity of like coming together as one. It's very family oriented and it's just really driven because during one of our workshops, the Campbell made one, we kind of sat down and we made like a personal mission statement and, we went through and we made our values and we prioritized our values. Some of the ones like that we came up with was like authenticity, understanding, loyalty, positivity. And I think that's really what our softball program is about as well. We just want to have this culture of being good, hardworking people, to put it in simple terms. I think that was a great sales pitch. If you ever want to use that psych degree that you end up getting and start your own business, I think you'll be pretty good getting people to come in your door. So that was really great. And before I let you go here today, the show is called Dynamic Leaders. And there are so many people that influence us in one way or another throughout our lives. But I would love if you could give a shout out here to one or two people that have been of influence to you and have really displayed some great leadership qualities that have stood out to you in your life. Right. Well, obviously one of them I'm going to say is my coach, <laughs> Coach Joe. I mean, she took this, we both kind of took this blind leap of trust in each other. And um, what really makes her such a good leader, other than, you know, her great communication, which helped establish this trust that I had for her. She is one of the most accountable coaches I have ever played for. I have, she takes responsibility for every decision she comes up with. Um, she recognizes the outcomes of certain decisions she makes during games, whether good or bad, and she'll straight up tell us after the game, and I respect that so much because, you know, oftentimes people, it's my one pet peeve, is when people are not accountable because, I mean, in my opinion, people who aren't accountable, I mean, all they do is they lay victim to life, basically. Like, they don't accept responsibility for anything. They don't have any other actions. And the sport, well, life in general is all about accountability because 
we rely on one another to get the job done. And you got to be able to trust in that person that they know what they're doing and they're going to do it. They're going to get it done. And I trust in my coach in that. And then another leader, I mean, my whole, I love my parents. I mean, I think they're the most dynamic leaders, but my dad is, has this ability to, um, has this integrity and this grit that is really like drove me to like keep pushing forward and like to never ever quit just the things that he does for us as a family and just how much he works just to be able to even get me in the position that I am today, get me out on that field in front of coaches to be able for me to committing to a college and then having to transfer and then being in a position to go into a different college. You know, I think all these like, aspects from both of them that I see like I want to take on and I want to be able to cultivate and make it stronger in myself. Those are awesome shout outs and a really great way to wrap up what I think has been a super interesting conversation. I especially liked how we were able to break down some of those responsibilities that you have as a catcher being a current student athlete and really taking a deep dive into that. That was a unique perspective. So I definitely appreciate that and appreciate you taking time out of your summer here. I know you're still working hard, but trying to enjoy your time. So we appreciate you taking time to hop on the show, Morgan, and certainly wish you the best of luck with this upcoming season. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. That wraps up this week's conversation with Morgan. And to get in touch with her or learn more about the Campbell University softball team, feel free to reference the show notes wherever you listen to this podcast. Quick shout out to my sponsor, Sweat With Stods. Go to www.sweatwithstods.com today to figure out what she can do for your fitness future. As a reminder, it is September. I am taking submissions for the final episode of this month is going to be a mailbag episode. Get those questions in now. I will answer them as best I can during that last episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. You can find my email also in the show notes, wherever you listen to podcasts. Now that the show is over, if you like this episode, please take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review. Help others find the podcast and help us find others to listen to the podcast. We are back next week with another guest. Have a great rest of your Labor Day, everyone. We will see you next week. And until next time, take it easy. Take it easy.